Indeed, he is here. He is here. The King of Glory is here. La Karuska Palatele Veleke. Jabalendos Kumalatei Galanamanta Kapaya. Oh, Jagaba. Wherever you are, worship the Lord. Mare Sodele Kaba. Sagabala. Halelebo Shadaha. Yes. Kashina. Gambuna. lampstands I see the bread and I feel that the Spirit of God has opened unto us this morning a new space of worship and worship is not just the songs that we sing worship is in the consecration of our hearts worship is in the posture of our spirits worship is in our agreement and alignment with the will of the Father and so this morning the Father invites you the lamb who in himself is the totality of worship he invites you to dine with him to sit with him to commune with him Nothing 
you cannot do there's no mountain you cannot move if you have said it then you will do it you have a track record of keeping your word you're not about to stop doing me now all over by you you are mighty oh. all over by you you are mighty oh By the blood that you shed, we have overcome this charge that I've waited for life. That you gave us the right to your holy name, the center of power and strength. There is nothing you cannot do. There's no mountain you cannot move. If you have said it, then you will do it. And if you have said it, then you will do it. And if you have said it, then you will do it. You have a track record of keeping your word. You are the one that instructs, you are the one that directs, you are the one that communicates the intentions of the eternal Father. So you keep your word because you are your word. Jesus, we, are, we count it a privilege to sit with you and to dine from you and of you. We count it a privilege, Jesus, to receive of the fullness of your presence. We count it an honor, Jesus, that we can hold your word and engage with your word. 
we count it an honor. Jesus, we say thank you. We say thank you for your glory that sits in our midst this morning. We say thank you for your power that fills our lives this morning. We say thank you for your glory that encompasses us this morning. We say thank you for the power that is released unto us from on high. We thank you, Jesus, for the majesty, O oh God, of your name and the glory of your name. We thank you, precious Holy Spirit, because we know we are set in a season, O oh God, of great authority dominance father and so we receive oh God the teachings and the learnings that we need to navigate the season of power we receive the understanding that we need oh God to fully engage this season of power and so spirit of the living God we ask that you prepare us on the inside we ask that you prepare our hearts we ask that you prepare our minds we ask that you prepare our spirits in the name of our lord jesus father that no part of us will be left out on this journey that no part of our spirits our souls our bodies our minds will be left out of this journey father we begin to speak to the entire constituency of our being that we receive this word of the lord that indeed it is the season to possess the gate therefore we decree that we possess the gate in the name of our Lord Jesus we decree and we declare that we are growing by the power of revelation that we are rising by the power of revelation we decree and we declare that unto us and our family shall be the testimony of the season we decree and we declare that previous bondages previous chains and previous shackles are melting of us in the name of our Lord Jesus we decree and we declare that we have escaped the snare of the enemy we have escaped the corruption of darkness we decree and we declare that on the inside of us is the victory chance of our God we decree and we declare that we are the manifestation of the victorious power of Jesus therefore in our lives and therefore in our lives and our hearts and our spirits there is a strong aroma of the glory and the power of God right from deep within us oh God is the fragrance of the victory of our King for the feel the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed is upon us there is an aroma of the blessing of the Lord that sits upon us there is an aroma of the blessing of Jesus that rises from our spirits it is the aroma of the grace and the power and the magnificent ordination of our King therefore we decree and we declare that even on this day and in this moment moment our past our present and our future comes into alignment with this word of the Lord no part of our lives within the timeline of destiny is left out of manifesting this word of the Lord let the places that were broken and the things that were destroyed by previous failures let them receive healing this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus I hope you are praying. I hope you are praying. Shagonde le barusa. 
Let a way be made for you in the spirit. Let a door be opened for you in the spirit. Let a gate be opened for you in the spirit. Receive free passage into the depths of God, into the revelation of his will. Yes, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, prayer in access family. Are you there? In the name of Jesus. Zangre into Velekida Basonda Bahai. Sando Ruske Belekonda Brahadeshka Balahai. Azadevrahiga Sovelede. Thank you, Jesus. 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 This morning, I want to pray for um, a, for people. Before we move on, I want to pray for that person who is on this call. And it feels like your life has completely left the trajectory of what you thought the will of God was for you. And you feel like you're spiraling out of control. You feel like you're spinning out of control. And I'm using those words intentionally by the Holy Spirit because I feel like they are words that you have used to describe yourself and describe your life recently. And you feel like you don't have control on things anymore. And not in a good way, but in a bad way. And you feel like you have left the path of destiny and you have said to yourself, I don't see how I can possibly come into alignment again. I don't see how any of this can work out. I hear the Spirit of God speaking to you. And I hear the Lord saying that he is here with his plumb line. And God says he is measuring and adjusting and realigning for the sake of his will and his eternal purpose. And the Spirit of God says that I should say to you that you have not come to the end of your life. As a matter of fact, you have come into the junction of new possession. And right now, I'm going to pray for that person who attempted suicide. And there's somebody here, and I'm hearing the spirit of suicide speaking so strongly. It's a, it's a voice of a suicidal spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit. I rebuke the spirit of suicide. I rebuke the voice that torments and says that there is nothing more to your life. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I speak over you now the blessing of Jesus. And I speak over you now the power in the life of Jesus. Those people who are saying it is me. I am just praying over you right now. And I rebuke that demonic oppression. I rebuke that demonic spirit. I say to you, listen, you will live and you will not die. I say to you, you will live and you will not die. And I command that spirit to come out in the name of Jesus. I command it to lose its hold and set you free. In the name of Jesus, I declare that there is a watering of the Holy Ghost that is coming upon your mind and coming upon your body and coming upon the space of your soul. I declare that right now to the patched places on the inside of you, let the floodwaters of God envelop you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, 
ilakane masombele hai shangrondo skupepele dikalama let the flood waters of god let it envelop you right now in the name of jesus i declare that that dryness and that parchment comes to an end even as you sit under this anointing of god i decree and i declare that chains are broken off you that the days of calamity are over the days of shame and frustration are over i declare that you are released into the grace and glory and power of god in the mighty name of jesus Father, let your will be done. Let the souls be set free. I receive the partnership of the angelic host to go to war on behalf of God's people. I decree and I declare that even now there is a shattering of chains and the loosening of bonds. I decree and I declare according to the word of the Lord that says, Whatsoever I bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatsoever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I decree and I declare that as I speak these words, that there is a charge that is going on in the realm of the spirit to cause there to be a loosening in your life wherever you may be in the mighty name of Jesus I decree and I declare that the power of God that permeates through different channels is permeating right now through the zoom call and entering into your home I rebuke the voice of demonic attacks and demonic spirits I charge the atmosphere around you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit I declare and I decree that that dark cloud begins to dissipate and the hand of the oppressor breaks off you now in the name of Jesus I call the new day and I call the rising of the sun over your home and over your family. I decree that the days and the reign of darkness are over in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I call for a holy anointing over your life and over your spirit. I decree and I declare that the yoke is broken and the chain is broken and the season of shame comes to an end. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command the demonic spirit and the serpentine spirit to break his hold. I rebuke you Satan I rebuke you demonic spirit in the name of Jesus I rebuke you and I call fire against the serpent I release fire against the serpent I release fire against the serpent in the name of Jesus I charge you in the name of the Lord I command you to loose your hold and let them go now in Jesus name for this reason the son of God was crucified that he may make manifest the power of El Shaddai we are standing under the sufficiency of the grace of God. Therefore, let his grace be made sufficient unto you today. There is a destroying of the works of the enemy. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Let a new wind be released into your life. Let a new wind be released into your family. Let a new wind be released into your spirit. Let a new wind be released into your soul. Let a new wind be released into your mind. A new wind be released into your body. Come on. Yes, Lord. Kashibra ekato sekeleba. Singre intervele kobala heshka palaha. Yele basha karabako sokerebako soda la baraketa. Erebo shada levakai. Sokroko sokapanakaba sotelekebaha. Erebako sotelebara kazatalabara telekesa. We are all going on this journey of access together. No man shall be left behind in the name of Jesus. Arabaka shodeke mo satala bakaha.
sacrifice, by reason of warfare, by the pushing for the gates of access. And I see what we see as fasting and prayer, actually the rising of another generation. This season of sitting under the weight of revelation, getting up in the morning and sitting late at night to push into the presence of God. I hear the Lord says it is the bed pangs, it is the signaling of the rise of another generation. And I see an army rising, an army that is vast in the knowledge of access, an army that understands how to navigate spiritual terrains and spiritual realm. And the, and the Lord says that indeed in this season, this army is rising to possess the possession of the kingdom of God. As we ascend this holy mountain, as we, we ascend this holy mountain, as I Thank you for the grace 
the grace for ascent, the grace to ascend. Thank you for power. Thank you for capacity. In Jesus' name. Spirit of the Holy Ghost in this room this morning and I know that he's not just here he's in your homes also he's in your cars he's in your offices wherever you may be this morning but there's such a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost that encapsulates us this morning I wish I had a, a flag to just prophetically wave around and dance to the presence of the Holy Spirit there is something going on and I feel like the Holy Ghost himself is ministering into your own life and ministering into your family and ministering into your heart and the Holy Spirit is just releasing his presence into everything that concerns us this morning and I need you to just enjoy the Holy Ghost and bask in the Holy Ghost and allow the Holy Ghost heal your body allow him heal your life allow him heal wounds allow him heal broken places allow him restore because the man that will possess the gates must first possess his gates and so the holy spirit is doing this work on the inside of us this morning thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit you are the administrator of the will of god 
administrate his heart this morning in words, in prayers, in worship, in song. Administrate the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I hope you've not slept off on me, guys. I want to see you type something powerful if you are here this morning. Don't type, don't write something powerful. Rather, type something that will minister to somebody else. Yeah, someone says we are locked and loaded. Patricia, I love that. Yes, Kate, glory to Jesus. Helen says I have access. Yes, you have access in the name of Jesus. Ugo says the year of the open door. That is what it is. Yes, I'm walking through the door. Yes, Lola, you are walking through the door. Patience says access is granted. Indeed, it is. Oh, Samudiame says we are blessed and highly favored. Yes, I agree with you. Who are you, who are you Lord, that you are mindful of me? That was what I said to God this morning, actually. I said, who am I that you are mindful of me, Lord? Gwendolyn says, I am an economic gate. Come on, I hear you, I hear you. Somebody is possessing their possession, global relevance. Come on, I agree with that in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Yes, Tombra, I see you, I see you, Ophere, praise Jesus. Praise God. It's such a powerful season and I need you to believe it. And like I said to you, by the time we're done with this um, period of access, you know, yes, the tulip gates are open, Dr. Temi. I agree in Jesus' name. And I agree, I agree. Yes, you are laughing again, Bernice. Praise Jesus. And you will never stop laughing in the name of Jesus. You are sending into this mountain, Sheila. Yes, in the name of Jesus. And none of us will be left behind. We all ascend to the glory of God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Just keep blessing somebody in the comment section and prophesying over there um, while we continue with where God um, has started with us. And if you are lying on your bed, I urge you to get up, stand up, sit up, walk around, move around, um, pray in the Holy Ghost as you listen to the teachings. Um, get your journals actually and your pen and your Bible. Remember, we have to take notes. Um, if you are writing on your um, laptop, get your laptop, grab it. You know, you have to maximize the season maximize it because a time is going to come where there'll be scarcity of these things you'll be looking for it you will be saying ah oh god they shut down youtube they shut down this and the way we easily have access to these things it will not be the same anymore so it is good for you to have your own records and sometimes write some things down okay all right all right all right praise god uh God, I showed that the golden gate and the door was open for us to go through. Praise God, hope. Praise God, hope. I, I, I believe that vision that your nine-year-old had. Okay, so um, yesterday we, we started this whole teaching on possessing economic gates. And um, we were meant to do several gates in this uh, month of October. 
Um, but like I said, I have a feeling that this teaching on access is going to go on for quite a while because every time I am trying to speed through a gate, I feel the, the Holy Ghost saying, come on, don't do that. You know, be thorough. You know, give it time and, and, and give it weight. Don't don't just run past it. I say, yeah, the two things, yeah, the three things. And so I sense that the indeed the season of gates is what we have. And for all I know, we may be doing this till this time next year and just talking and teaching about gates because there are some gates in themselves that are very vast. We haven't even entered the gates of family where I begin to teach you about the gate of man, the gate of woman, the gate of children you know, the gate of family life, you know, and all of these things. So I believe that um, the gate of mantles, the gate of power, we haven't entered all of that. So there is so much that the Lord wants to teach us. And the reason why God is sending all of us back to school, and I use us because I am also going through the schooling of the Holy Ghost as I teach you. And the reason why the Lord is sending every one of us back to school is because the Lord wants to fully equip us for the days that are ahead so that we can be his tool and we can be the ones that are the plowmen in the seasons to come. And you begin to think about people like Joseph and you realize that God fully equipped Joseph. You know, Joseph spent so much time with his father and created this bond with his father. And I'm sure his father taught him about the God of, um, the God of um, Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God of Israel because his father was both Israel and Jacob. And, you know, I'm sure his father taught him about his transformation and taught him about his time at Bethel and his time at Peniel. And the Lord instructed Joseph um, really strongly about the life of God and walking in the rivers of the Spirit of God and understanding the precepts of the Lord so that when Joseph left his father's house in the form of captivity we see that joseph never forgot the ways of god and so when joseph was in the house of um, um of, of potiphar and potiphar's wife was trying to sleep with him you remember what joseph said to her he said i cannot do this evil before god in the eyes of god so there was something about joseph even though his feet was bound with fetters that he knew god was in the midst of him and you know i i taught you guys the last time about when the bible says and god was with joseph and when you read it from the hebrew bible what it actually says is that the beingness of the being of god was being with joseph basically the full expression of the person of the lord was made manifest in the person of joseph so at that time when joseph was in egypt if you were looking for god anywhere go to joseph and it becomes your point of reference for who God is. It says the beingness of the being of God was being with Joseph. And so even though the Bible never mentioned that God spoke to Joseph or God said to Joseph, you then realize that Joseph had an innate conviction concerning who God was. And so God had prepared him um, and given him revelation concerning his presence, concerning his ways, concerning his precepts. So that when Joseph found himself in a place where it looked like God was no longer there, Joseph knew that even though my father is not here, I cannot hear the voice of the God that spoke to Abraham, but I know he's with me. It was preparation. In the same way, God is preparing us in this season for what is to come. 
God is arming us with understanding and grace and revelation because a time is coming that will look like the times of Egypt, that will look like the time where the world is swallowed up by a different economic system. When that season comes, we need Josephs. Josephs who understand that even though you are in Egypt, you are not of Egypt. Josephs who understand that they have resident power and resident capacity to be able to push through the darkness of that land and yet reign and rule and establish the heart of the Father. God is preparing us. So I need us to take these preparations very seriously. And so yesterday, um, we began to look at dominion as a culture that you must embrace if you will be a man that possesses the gates of economy. And I began to teach you about dominion and I began to explain and trace the journey of dominion. And I taught you about the power of the seed. And I taught you about the grace for multiplication, you know, and I taught you about feeling the earth and subduing. And I explained the processes of subduing to you. And I said that until you have mastered these things, you cannot arrive at dominion. And I was explaining to you why dominion is expedient. Because for you to be able to possess economic gates, you must have the mindset and the culture of dominion. Because consistently, the, the enemies at the gate will rise up against you when it is time for you to possess and for you to maintain the victory. And so I said, you must have it, a mindset of dominion. And I began to teach you about the culture of courage. And I began to speak to you about a culture of courage which pushes against the gates of fear and how the Lord will need us to have this culture of courage if we are going to be people that he would use to maintain the order at the gates. And I was saying to you that courage does not just come upon you because God gives you courage. Sometimes he does. And there are people in the Bible, people like um, uh, um, Gideon and Jehu and all of these guys, and you see them riding out in courage because the spirit of God overwhelms them. You know, But beyond that, there is a place where courage is cultivated and you cultivate courage by consistently addressing the things that need to be addressed and it becomes normal to you to have the audacity to deal with matters and to receive the word of the Lord and to run with it. Why? Because you have built a culture of courage. And I began to explain the culture of courage in different areas of life and different aspects of life. And how the culture of courage is not just for the executing of certain visions, but even for engaging with the word of the Lord, for coming before the throne of God, for looking into scriptures, for putting a knife to your throat, and for using the word of the Lord to deal with your inner struggles. All of it is a culture of courage to be able to accept your imperfections, but yet deal with it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes courage to do that. And I began to challenge you to embrace this culture so that you can be a man that possesses the gift. And as we moved forward, we began to speak and I started to um, speak to you about economies and the word economia and how oika speaks about house and nomia speaks about management and how economy actually comes from um, management of the house. And we began to look at different house structures that are in scriptures. And I began to speak to you about when Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many mansions there. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And we began to speak about the house of God. 
God and how the fact that it is impossible for you to contain God into one structure because he is the one within which all structures are contained. And we began to explain the different places where God puts himself and how the throne of God and the administrative hub of God is in heaven. But then you begin to see how the Bible speaks about us being the tabernacles of God and how the Lord dwells in us. And Jesus, furthermore, in that scripture began to say, if you love me, you keep my commandments. I am my father. We come and dwell in you. We will make you our place of abode. And then you begin to realize that we are not just the ones abiding in God, but God is abiding in us. And we started to look at the purpose of this reference. Why is Jesus speaking about a house in a house? Because this is how the realm of the spirit operates. It's an economy inside another economy. And how we ourselves are economies, but the economy of God comes to possess our economies. And so anything that comes out of your life becomes the economy of the kingdom. And so I was explaining this to you by saying that um, God himself has got an economy. He's got a way that he um, manages his resources, a way that he produces and distributes destinies and resources over the earth and over the galaxies and the things that God requires and the services that God provides to humanity. And I says there's an economy by which God functions. And you know, I, I will teach you a bit about God's economy this morning. And I will say so, it is important for us to understand that there is a purpose in the kingdom that wants to teach us and until you have possessed the economy of your life, you cannot possess economies and economic systems in the world. And the reason why many Christians that go to possess economic systems are possessed by the gates that they are trying to possess is because the Christians have not first possessed themselves. So you cannot possess any gate until you have possessed your personal gates. And I began to teach you about personal discipline. And I began to teach you about the place of adhering to the standards and the cultures of the kingdom. And I began to teach you about that scripture that says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the life that you have been given. And I started to teach you about what it means to explore and how you can explore your life and the tools of exploration that you can deploy. And so when a man has fully explored himself, then you come to a place that you are able to say fully, these are the resources that I have beyond your education, beyond your job titles and your physical designations. What are the resources of your life? What is the resource of grace? What is the resource of truth? What is the resource of power? What is the resource of love and kindness? What is the resource of brotherly love that God has given to you? So you have to be able to possess the resources of your life before you can fully begin to manage the resources and then enter into the manifestation that God has designated for you. So this is where we left off. And yesterday, I then um, quickly before I, we left, dropped some gems for you to take with you for the night. And I began to speak to you about the 10 things that you must possess if you will be a possessor of economic gates. And I listed out the 10 things. And I said, number one, you must be a person of warfare. And I said, number two, you must be a person that understands the concept of hove. T-O-W-B, it's a Hebrew word that speaks of good. And I explained how good is the standard of the measurement of the will of God and how every time that God ex executed his will and manifested his will on earth in Genesis, 
God will look at it and measure it. Is it meeting up with what I want? And when it did meet up, God will say it is good. And so I began to explain about how good is the measurement of God's will. And so, and the Bible speaks about us possessing good on the inside of us. And so I started to explain good as a multiplication model, as God's method of multiplication. You know, so I said, you must possess good, um, understand good. Number three, uh, multiplication. Number four, partnerships. Number five, leadership. Um, number six, financial systems. Number seven, trainings. Number eight, rest. Number nine, um, I said you must possess the rivers. And we spoke about the rivers of Eden, Pishon, Gihon, Hidekel, Euphrates. And I began to explain to you about estuaries, spiritual estuaries, um, coming into a place where you know that um, you, you, you break forth out of the estuaries, um, the junction between you as a river and the seas of the earth. But I also spoke about an economy of uh, called ecotone, which is an e economy system, and it is also an ecosystem where um, two different, um, not elements as it were, but two different things that naturally would not cross paths, two different ecosystems meet. And where they meet is called an ecotone because where an ecotone exists, you will see um, a lizard that can survive only in a desert. And then you see a bird that can survive only in a rainforest. And you see two of them in an ecotone. Why? Because that's where the desert meets with the rainforest. And so in an, in an ecotone, you see a merging of different kinds of characteristics that you usually, or um, creatures that you usually will not find in the same place. But the environment becomes convenient for them to coexist. And I started to explain how we are the ecotone of God on the earth. And so even though we are not of the earth, we are of God's kingdom, we are of heaven, yet we are on earth. So we become an ecotone that enables the coexisting of the physical, the human, yet with the spiritual and the divine. And how in this ecotone that we create, we are able to manifest the will of God here on earth. We are able to carry the glory and the power of his throne to the earth. And I began to explain this as a form of dominance and as a form um, or, or, or as a needed system that you have to understand for you to be able to possess economies. Are we still together? Yes, thank you, Twalade. I hope I pronounced it well. Um, yes. All right, patience, I see you. Praise God. Sabina, Daniela, fantastic. Um, so, and I began to explain how we are God's ecotone and how it is expedient for you to understand this. If you are going to be a person of influence, if you are going to be a person that the Lord uses to man gates of authority and power, you must understand the place of being an ecotone and you must understand how to play on the hand of your divinity in the midst of human systems and structures and to know when to arise as a voice and when to sit sometimes in the house of um, Potiphar and sometimes to sit and to just wait for the Lord um, to bring you to a day of revealing. Why? Because this is how it works. And until you are able to understand these principles, you cannot fully possess the gates. So go back and watch um, yesterday so that you are able to come um, into full understanding. Praise Jesus. And so um, part of the things that we, we, we are talking about today as we stay on possessing economic gates is that number one, 
you have to know how to manage your resources. Um, you cannot be a Christian that wants to possess gates until you have first understood what is available to you. There is a parable in the Bible that spoke about a man who discovered a field. And when he discovered um, the, the good and discovered all the treasures on the field, the Bible says he went and sold everything that he owed so that he would buy, buy the field. And the question is, why did the man buy the field and not the treasure? Why did he not go and say, I want to pay for the treasure? But why did he go and buy the whole field? Because you see, it is expedient for you to own the field. Because on that field, there may be more treasures. On that field, there may be treasures that are even bigger than the one you have discovered. So own the field, don't just own the treasure. That is a mindset of dominion. And until you understand the concept of owning the field, you cannot fully understand economies and ecosystems because an ecosystem is the entire field and the interconnected graces and the interconnected resources and the management system that governs all of these interconnected resources. That's how an ecosystem works. And I was saying to you guys yesterday that, look, do not just be a partaker of an ecosystem. You also can become an ecosystem in yourself where there are interconnected things that are related to you. And when somebody engages with you and when somebody meets with you, it is almost as though they have come into a new life. They begin to discover new things and new possibilities. And it is almost, you see, when you understand what I'm teaching you, it will kill competition because it is impossible to compete with a person that understands the concept of being an ecosystem. Because just when you think, ah, I have copied this one, the person has released 10 other things. Just when you think, ah, I've mastered this thing about the person, the person has released 15 other things. Why? Because it is an ever-producing system. It is an ever-growing system. It is an ever-expanding system. And so the reason why many of us are caught in all kinds of satanic feuds and religious feuds is because we don't understand how to build ecosystems and we don't understand how to possess the currently existing ones. When you do, you will not have your eyes set on another person's field because everything about yourself will be concentrating on how to maximize the resources of your life. And so God has blessed you and God has made you a vast field of wealth in yourself. And I need you to hear me this morning. God has made you a vast field of wealth. And so for you to become a person that can possess an economy is because and uh, to possess and to possess an eco economy and the economy of the world and of your nation and of your sector you must be a person that knows the resources that is available to you so to manage your resources number one you must know the resources you have to know what do i have there are certain things about my life that i know that i have that have been given to me as a gift from god but yet there are some things that I have developed over time by reason of discipline and by reason of training. And there are some things that I have by reason of partnerships and covenants. Hear me. I said to you, you have to manage your resources, number one. If you're going to possess the economy, know how to manage your resources. And under managing your resources, I said, first point is know the resources that you have. And under knowing your resources, I said there are certain things that you have by gifts that God has given to you. There are some other things that you have by reason of 
um, the, what you have developed on the inside of you. And I said thirdly, that there are some other things that you have by reason of partnerships and covenants. So I said, know your resources. These are three levels of knowing your resources. And then um, after you know the resources, of course, knowing the resources involves understanding it, understanding the times and seasons of the resource of your life, understanding the patterns of manifestation, understanding the patterns of deployment, because God always leaves patterns so that men may know how to engage in the future. God leaves patterns so that generations to come will understand what has been handed down to them. So you have to understand your resources. How does God deploy it? How does your prophetic gifting work? How does your apostolic oil flow? How does your oil as somebody that God has given the capacity to be a financial wizard? How does it work? Even in the area of your creativity, what are the things that God will tell you, you can go ahead and touch this and produce this and partner with this. And God will say, no, you cannot because it will corrupt your oil and it will take grace away from you. You have to be able to understand the protocols around the resources that you possess, your resource of people, your resource of times and seasons, your resource of opportunities, you have to know it, your resource of locations. What are the things that are easily available to you because you are in East Africa? What are the things that come upon you when you enter Nigeria? What are the things that God has given to you every time you step into the United Kingdom? Every location has got resources. So you have to understand the resources that you possess. And um, the third thing around managing your resources, remember, to possess an economy, you have to manage your resources. So, and the third thing about managing your resources is that you must systematize your resources. You have to understand how to put systems and structures and administration around the resource of your life. The reason why many people can be so greatly talented, but yet they experience consistent burnout is because they have not mastered what I'm telling you. They have not mastered the management and the systemization of their resources. And I was explaining to you people how when I am doing this, for example, this access series, when I'm teaching in the morning, teaching in the evening, fasting all day, when I'm doing it, I said, I, I don't go out. I don't, if I come and visit you this period, just know that what you mean to me is what more than silver and gold. You have to understand it. The reason why I'm doing that is because I'm managing the resource of myself. I'm managing my spirit. I'm managing my soul. I know how my body works. I know how my mind works. I understand how, um, how I function in a, in a season like this. And you know, when um, you are fasting, your body is physically weak. And that's why you should not fast without praying. Because when you are physically weak, imagine you are fasting and imagine you are not sleeping well, you are not eating well, you are not hydrating. All of these things are going on. Your physical body is weak. If you back it up with prayer, you enter a height of spirituality because the, the, the momentum of the spirit takes over the body. And so the body is no longer weak in a sense, because the momentum of the spirit begins to drive you. Now, but imagine fasting and not praying and not consecrating. You are fasting and you are sitting down with Netflix for four hours. You are fasting and you gossip for 30 minutes every day before you resume work. You are fasting and yet you are not studying the word of the Lord. So what's going to happen is that it exposes you to temptation. 
Why? Because the fasting weakens your body. And when your body is weakened, people usually fall into temptations in the times when they are most weak. And so even for ministers, it is usually advised like if you've done ministry and you are physically exhausted, that's not the time to go and sit down in front of TV. That's not the time to go and sit down and, you know, be talking because that's when your, your guards are down, your body is tired. People enter into masturbation and pornography when they are tired because your body is so weak, it is not hard for it to carry your spirit. And so your spirit may be very much on fire, but when your body is weak, it is very easy for you to interpret it as the weakness of spirit and weakness of soul and emptiness of soul. So many people fall into temptation in the days of physical body weak, bodily weakness. So you have to understand how to govern yourself in a time like that. So me saying, oh, I am staying back and taking time off to sleep like never before and eat uh, and pray and hydrate in this season and, and, and top up my vitamins is a system I have put in place by which I manage myself in a season like this so that I am not out there and dealing with life and dealing with Lagos traffic. And then in the midst of the fast, I'm angry with my husband, angry with my children. Why? Because it's oh, a lot on me and remember when i'm teaching like this i'm pouring out virtue and i'm releasing grace and you know we are not even in the same room where i can just lay hands on you i am trying to break the boundary of of zoom and enter into the and allow the holy spirit to release into the spaces in your homes so you have to understand how how it is so i have to be very careful and very conscious of the fact that i am laboring spiritually you know so because of this I put a system in place. Also, it is not just for the system of rest, but also there's a system of deployment. And so there are times when I, I can't do certain one-on-one -on -one sessions. I will not take certain counseling, you know, because I understand that I, I need to gather and galvanize strength and to raise walls of safety and protection around myself in order to deal with certain issues. So in the day when I feel I am going through something maritally, I most likely will refer you to another person because I don't want you to call me and then as you are saying, P.I., I just don't know this thing that my husband has done. Me too, I will join you and say, man, evil people, you see this life, you have to be careful of mankind. No, I don't want to do that. You understand? So I have to be able to deal with myself so that I might arrive at the place where I'm able to release a word that carries the government of God, not carry the strength of my weakness. So I have to put a system in place by which I am able to even deploy the resources of my life, even in the place of maybe conferences and seminars and events. What are the procedures or the protocols that I put in place to manage myself before I engage in that manner. And so for even in life, even for people in, in, in the area of business and in the area of um, services and all of that, you have to ask yourself, okay, how am I growing? What am I doing to increase myself? What am I doing to increase my revelation, my knowledge, my gift, my graces, my talents? Yes, you are sitting at the top of the ladder, but are you going to be there for long? Remember, I spoke to you people about how gates are living and breathing and how the Bible says, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. And so the gates 
have heads. So that means they are living systems, they are living creatures, they are living beings. They have understanding. A gate can shut itself to you and a gate opens itself to you when you carry the image of the king of glory. And it says, ye everlasting doors. That means gates are also have timings and gates have seasons. So that means gates are locked into times and they are locked into the eternal will of God. So every time God gives you authority and you are possessing a gate, you must know that this gate has got a timing. This authority that I have right now is not forevermore because I have to be able to consistently grow as the will of God for the gate grows so that I may be able to possess it. So you have to ask yourself, am I growing in terms of the systems of my life, in terms of the resources of my life, in terms of what I have on the inside of me to be able to maintain this possession that God has given to me. And you see, sometimes in marriages is the same thing. And you enter through the gate of marriage and you don't evolve and you are there 50 16 years later, 16 years later, and you actually, sorry, oh, can I share some of the resources to study on? On Joseph, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying, Barnabas. Um, anyway, so, um, and, and you, are, you are in that marriage, 15 years later, 16 years later, and you have not grown. You possessed a gate. But you forgot that gates are living beings, as it were. They are guardians over gates. And when we did the introduction to gates last month, I taught you about the different guardians over gates. I taught you about cherubims. I taught you about angels. Um, I, um, I taught you about people at the gates. You know, I, I, in fact, I'm trying to remember now the different things that we spoke about that are at the gates. But I taught you different things that are at gates. And so you have to understand that the gate is living. So you possess the gate of marriage. And you have not grown. You have not put a system around yourself. And so the re what, what happens is that the reason why many people at the end of a season begin to feel like, oh, you know what? You know, um, it's like my spouse has left me or I feel like we are not the same again because you are not the same people anymore. And marriage requires different things from you at different times. So there was a season where you people were dating and you entered courtship and you were just entering introduction to the gate of marriage. At that time, it's just two of you. All you had to focus on is the love that you feel for each other. So in that season, your conversations, I feel like with, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Like my heart escapes every time I see you. My beer begins to tangle. You know, my hair plays chuku on its own. You know, yes, you can do that in that season. Why? Because that is what the gate requires of you. And in that time, it's just introduction. You haven't entered the warfare season. So by the time you now enter into marriage, it's a different ball game. By the time you enter into marriage, you then begin to realize that there are different requirements. The requirement of partnership, partnering your resources together, you know, partnering your time, managing house rent, water, food. In Nigeria now, dollar is 1,000 and something. Look, our food has escalated. Like the cost of living has quadrupled. You understand? So it's that in itself is another warfare at the gate of marriage you know and then when you add children to the equation and then you now have children that want to come and sleep on your bed 
every time. Of course, it is already affecting the gate of intimacy inside the, the gate of marriage. So at that point, you know, the one that before, if you fling your leg, you will touch brother and brother will touch you now. You can't fling your body because there's one small creature that is sleeping beside you. You can't afford to, to squish him. You can't afford, do you understand? And the, the boy will wake up in the night and be touching your breast. Meanwhile, you know, so you see there's a change of guardian over even the custody of your body. And everything is changing. So you then begin to realize that if you are not evolving and you are not conscious to say there is a resource for every season in life. There is, you <laughs> said the story, Apostle, is, uh, this is the story of our life. So, you know, there is a resource for every season of life. You understand? And you begin to say, yes, things have changed. But what has God made available? And what is the new system we can put in place to manage this season? If you don't do that, you will be in marriage but the authority, the power, and the dominance in marriage will leave you alone. So marriage will become empty. Marriage will feel dry like sawdust in your mouth because you were not conscious and intentional about systematizing the seasons of your marriage. I hope you are still with me. And then you look at somebody seven years later, eight years later, and you have the other person, you have changed. You have really changed. Of course the person has changed. Of course, the person has to change because the situations that they dealt with 10 years ago is not what they are dealing with now. So they have evolved to accommodate their struggles. They have evolved to accommodate their welfare. And sometimes they evolve to accommodate the increasing resources. So if you married a man before that could manage two trousers for two years, now that he's earning 50 times more what he was earning when he just met you, of course, he's not going to be wearing two trousers again. Now he will turn into a bobo. When you see him dressed up soft, before when you met him, he was hard and strong. Now he's soft. I don't know if you, somebody understands the difference of what I'm saying. Now, so considering the softness of his life now, what are the new adversities you are bound to face? People before that did not used to like hard, that liked only soft. Now that he has become soft, he has fallen on their radar. You have to understand what I'm saying. So don't be angry when one sister, you notice that one sister is saying one thing, auntie, just man your gates. Man it in the spirit, man it in the soul, man it in the physical. And when I was teaching people about manning gates last month, I spoke to you and I keep saying it. There are certain things we have to do. It is what it is. You understand? Some people don't even have house clothes. When they see you at home, you are like a beggar. Because you, the clothes, the shimmy that your grandmother gave your mother that has torn on the shoulder and torn on the leg is what you wear at home. And you say, you know, I'm just cleaning. Come on, don't do stuff like that. We dress nice. Have wig for the house. Or if no wig, comb the hair. Let the hair that is under be well plated. Do you understand? Let it be neat and clean. Some people don't shower. You know, I don't understand. There's an epidemic or a bodydemic in this generation of body odor, you know? And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what is going on? Can we be conscious of the way that we smell? Can we use all the necessary things? You layer up with aroma, you understand? You know, so don't be angry when you're like, you know, it's not touching me again. I don't want to touch you. I don't even want to counsel you. I'd rather do a Zoom call. 
Do you get so then imagine what the other person is having to deal with you know so we have to evolve so that we can possess the gates and the last time i jokingly said the nightwear you are wearing has gone from nightwear to nightmare because you have had that nightwear for 10 years now you understand so it has moved from nightwear to night terror so every time you wake up in the cloth you look like willy willy you have to change it you know, understand these are part of the things you just grow, you just evolve. You have to have a routine for life. You know, even the way you talk, your speech, you can't say, after all the time we met, were we not street people? No, you are not street anymore. This person is sitting with presidents and rulers. You go and take a course on, you know, on courtesies and take a course. And even for me, I'm not just talking to women, I'm talking to men also. Your wife is becoming a woman of, you know, influence and becoming a woman that is rising. You cannot say, hey, it's my wife. Then when she's sitting with people of power, you are talking in her. No, no, Jesus, she's going to leave you. She is going to leave you. So you have to be able to rise up to the challenge of the gates. You have to understand that for a new season, there must be a new order. You get what I'm saying? You to go and learn. Go and learn how men will stand and open door. Fake it, at least, because you are seeing the president of America. Fake it. Come now, open her door. You know, learn how to hold the hand. When you sit at the king's table, how do you eat at the king's table? Don't use spoon to eat rice. Do you understand? And when you're eating, you close your mouth. So there are certain things. What do you do with the napkin? How do you pass... How what spoon do you use to drink drink soup? You use ice cream spoon to eat a, a bath. You, you get what I'm talking about now? Because it's easy for us to talk about this spiritual thing and, and pray. I'm like, the Holy Ghost can give you access, but wisdom and understanding will help you possess the access that you have been given. So many people do not understand the power of understanding. So even though you get access, you lose your access because you did not grow to accommodate the responsibility of the new season. So as we speak about access, it is important for you to learn these things. Even I grow as a minister. So there was a time when my, my ministry was to only Nigerians. So there are certain things I can say and I expect everybody to understand because I'm in Nigeria. On the, you, you get what I'm saying? There are some things I will say, and I, I, I don't bother to explain it. But yesterday, I took my time to explain. The moment I used the word koboko, I took my time to explain to you the system of the koboko and how koboko is an infrastructure in Africa by which kings are raised and men are stewarded. People were laughing, but I was doing it. It was a joke. But at the same time, I was helping people understand where we are coming from. Because sometimes you preach the gospel within the context of your culture. And it is hard for another person that does not understand the context of your culture to understand why you will even use that example. To another person, what I just described was abuse. Abuse of childhood. Do you understand? Hey, how can she say that? But you need to get it. I cannot change the reality of how I was raised. And I cannot change the reality of the culture of Africa. There are certain things we believe in and there are certain things you don't believe in. So till tomorrow, I cannot understand why somebody will cook without pepper. It, it, it makes no sense to me. So I can use pepper soup as an example in Nigeria. And I will say, you understand how when you drink correct pepper soup, it chases out every kind of demonic spirit that's attacking you. But I cannot use that example in Kenya because they don't get it. You get what I'm saying? So in Kenya, I rather use chapati 
or I'll use Ugali to explain because they won't understand my pepe analogy. So um, you, you grow, you grow in the way you take your time, you know, even in how you receive honor, even in how you give honor, you become very intentional about it. When you are growing and you want to possess a gate, you understand that the system of the gate and the rule of the gate is not subject to your opinion. So you cannot say, hey, but this is how I am. I don't see anything about it. I don't feel like, no, 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 no. If somebody else feels like it is a thing, you consider it. And you begin to consider, okay, how do I arrive at a median? A way where I can operate and anybody and everybody, I'm able to engage and yet preserve the integrity of my purpose and my office and my calling. I don't know if somebody is with me this morning. All of this is possessing the gates. All of this is possessing the gates. So yesterday when I began to say, you know, the Koboko system, how it has raised great men, I was not joking. Do you understand? At the sight of the Koboko, learning comes into the mind of a person. They ask you two plus two before Koboko, you don't know it. As soon as the Koboko emerges, you will not only give two plus two, you will do the square root of 99. Then you will begin to do quadratic equation. Why? Because it just arranges you quickly. And then at the sight of Koboko, you wake up in the morning as a child. You will greet your father, you will greet your mother. You will go around the house, you greet Uncle uh, 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 Myos. You will greet Auntie Stephanus. You will greet everybody. You will even Koboko is at hand. You will even cross your gate. You will go across the gate. You go and greet Auntie Munirat and Auntie Shakirat that are selling in their kiosk across the road. Why? Because Koboko will make you go above and beyond to do that which is needful. You understand what I'm talking about? So it is the context of where I have come from. But I'm not going to just use it as an example and assume that my, my white sisters and my white brothers here, we get it. But it makes sense to me as an African. You get what I'm saying? You know, so um, you have to keep growing. Even the way I teach, if I tell you the speed at which revelation enters my mind, it is so fast that sometimes I'm like, but I've had to learn that the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. So we, you have to be able to allow yourself step back and say, okay, easy. Number one, you've got a strong African accent, whether or not you like it. God is calling you to a global platform. So even in the way that you speak, you know, you have to be able to communicate clearly. So there are sometimes when I'm teaching, I wake into your purpose and I'm like, when your purpose as a like purpose, P-O-S-E. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's funny. But so I have to say, okay, I mean purpose, P P U R, you know, and I am trying with my diction. I slow down with my speed. I take courses on communication because I understand who I'm called to be. And I never want the message to be reduced by my inability to systematize my gift. I never want to reduce the gospel. So I grow so that I can accommodate the needs of the gospel in seasons. I hope you are with me. So as we begin to speak about possessing economic gates, I said, you must possess your own gates. And you must manage your resources. Um, so I said, systematize your resources. Have an inventory. 
You know, how does it flow? What do you do? Where do you go? What kind of places take drinks from you? Who are the people that increase you? Who are your watchers? Who are your economic watchers? And I've taught this before, how there are different kinds of watchers upon the wall. You have some people that partner with you and they are your spiritual watchers. And so these are the ones that bring spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, spiritual revelation into your life. But there are some people that are ec 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 economic watchers. You understand? So for example, my son is in year six now in school and he's about to go into year seven. And I'm not naturally that kind of mother that is busy on every WhatsApp group or I'm everywhere. Okay, what's the new school? What's not this school? Look, I, I, look, please give me a system that works. So I, I have a timetable. I have divided my children's times into different segments of every day. There's a timetable for them color-coded. When are they swimming? Where are they having their music lesson? Where are they doing um, lesson teacher? When are you back from school? When do they have lunch? When is bedtime, devotion, this one, that one? That's the way it works for me. And then I say to myself, okay, who is my year six watcher? So there are certain people I have built relationships with now that I know that these ones are effective mummies. Like, eh, this mommy know when which exam is holding. This mommy know the best lesson, the best book, the best this. I will I make friends with them. And I'm doing chat. Please, oh, tell me, oh, please, oh, inform me. Okay, what do I do? Oh, yeah, where is the new place? Okay, what should we do? Okay, what school should we? Do you understand? That's a watcher. And so they are also financial watchers. The ones that will say to me, P.I., this is what to invest in. This is what, what me and my husband were about to buy. This is how to go about this. You have to have a life that is robust, very robust. So who are your connectors? Who are your mentors? Do you understand? Who are your fathers, your mothers? You have to have a robust system of watchers that are upon the walls of your life, leading you in different directions, giving you Curate information on how to engage in different aspects of life. Um, so the next, also in managing your resources, you have to set boundaries. Boundaries around your resources. You also have to be able to identify your abundance level. So when, um, when you do exploration in geology, part of the things that the exploration phase does is to not only determine if there's hydrocarbon, to not only determine if it's available to be drilled, but to also determine the levels of its availability so that you know if it's a worthy investment. If you put $300 million into drilling it, what will you make? What is the reservoir that you have? Are you going to make only $100 million by the time you empty out that reservoir? Then it's not worth, worth it. So the exploration phase does not only tell you that you have gifts or you have resources or you have an, you know, enough to form an economy on the inside of you, but it also tells you what is the level what is your abundance level? And so there are certain gifts that I have, but I know that I do not have it abundantly enough to invest time in it. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? There are certain gifts I have, but I know that it is not abundant enough. The reason why of it is not abundant enough for me to invest my time in it. And so you find a generation where everybody wakes up and say, ah, I'm entrepreneur, I'm entrepreneur. Entrepreneur must not catch you sleeping at 11 a.m., you know. So entrepreneurs that, okay, you, you say you have a gift and, oh, you, you know, you are a 
tech, technical ways. Okay, great. And you are here to possess economic gates. Fantastic. But the question I want to ask you is, yes, you are creative, but does your creativity have the necessary technical abilities that can now define you as a creative whiz that has enough capacity to go into entrepreneurship? Or do you need to go and subject yourself to tutors and mentors for a season? Do you need to go work in an organization? Yes, you're creative. Yes, you have the gift. But perhaps you need to subject that gift to growth before you can then pull it out and stand aside and say, I am now governing you know, my own building and my own erecting of my own systems. So you need to understand that you need to know your abundance level. So there are certain graces I have. For example, I can sing. Whether or not you believe it, whether or not you agree, and whether or not Victor is laughing, I can sing. You understand? And the truth is, there are so much songs. I go to sleep and I get songs. I wake up and I... Like, it's so easy. The words are so easy for me. You understand? There is always a reading to the glory of God in my mind. And that's how my spirit works. My spirit works in reading. So when I am praying, I'm not trying to merge words. You know, it, it's how I am hardwired to form reading in words. You know, so um, naturally that happens. But it's only with my, it's only my sons that believe that I'm a fantastic singer. Because they don't know any better yet. And I, I, I don't know how we're going to work that out when they grow up, but it's okay. But um, so, but is it enough for me to now say I'm quitting everything to become a, a musician or a music a minister? It's not enough. I don't have that abundance level. Do you understand? The day I have a master, so maybe when I take a sabbatical, I'm going to use maybe six months of that sabbatical to go and learn key, this, that, that, and get better at manifesting it and then grow the level. But for now, I don't have it. Now, why am I saying this thing to you? Very critical. Because what the gospel has been reduced to, it has been reduced to faith, as opposed to it being an educational system by which the God in you emerges. Because you see, the gospel, this Bible, is an education in itself. What is it doing you? Raising you into the mentality of God. It is raising you into the way that God thinks, into the way that God operates, into the way that God decides. You are being educated by the word, by the gospel of Christ. Educated unto what? The Bible says, know you not that you are going to judge angels. Don't you know that we are going to reign and rule with him for all eternity? So this is um, but a time of school that we are going through here on earth. And the word of God is our tutor. The Holy Spirit is the one that is governing our education. You know, so I'm saying this to you because the gospel has been reduced to hype. And so when I say hype, what do I mean? You will make it amen. You are possessing the gates. I possess everything. Now possess, 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 possess. Look, that's not going to give you authority. That's not going to give you power. So many people have broken through through the force of prayer and have broken into places that they could not keep. They have broken into places that they could not manage. And so you merely exposed yourself before education prepared you. That is why preparation phase is more critical than manifestation phase. Because you enter into the phase of manifestation without equipping and it leads to disgrace. 
And when you are disgraced once, twice, three times, you enter discouragement. And some people enter despair. And they think that God was never in it. God was in it. It's just that you showed up before you allowed yourself to be prepared. And the timing for manifestation came. And so you entered manifestation by grace. But a lack of preparation did not allow the manifestation to give you the results you deserved. You understand what I'm saying, guys? So the reason why I'm taking my time to teach you these things is because remember what Samuel did. He taught them the behavior of royalty. And so there is a way of royalty. There is a path of royalty. There is a way you possess kingship. There is a way you possess dominion. There is a way you possess gates. There is a way you administrate economies. So what is the use of telling Pharaoh, yes, this is the meaning of your dream. What is going to happen is that seven years, seven fat years, tell him that seven years will swallow up his fat years and see Pharaoh will not lock you up again in a stricter prison. So we are quick at bringing prophecies of doom that have no solutions in them. That is not the way God intended for us to be. That is why God has given us gifts. And so the apostolic oil on your life, you should be able to press on it and say, yes, I have prophesied that this will happen. But that same spirit of revelation, I'm going to take it back and allow it to reveal to me how to uncover the economy of my nation and how to, I can propose new ways for growth. And it is not just coming from physical wisdom, but it is coming from the initiative of the spirit, a higher realm and a higher economy that has existed for eons and ages. And so when you pull down from the economy of heaven and you pull the economic models from the throne of God, it is a much greater one because it is born by revelation. So it has the capacity to address the gate. Remember what Jesus said to Peter. Peter said, ah, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And during the last teaching on access, I taught you that flesh and blood has revelation. Flesh and blood can reveal. Flesh and blood can uncover. Flesh and blood can tell you. So many of the education and the power that people have is flesh and blood power. Because the only thing you know is what you were taught in a boardroom. The only thing you know is the degree you got from University of Benin. You have only flesh and blood. But there is a place where flesh and blood cannot possess. Because when you rise to the level of principalities, powers, and rulers in the spirit realm, flesh and blood cannot battle with them. You need a different kind of armor to engage on that level. And the reason why it's important is because the enemy or the kingdom of darkness deceives us into thinking that what we see is what is. And that was the fall of man. And so man fell from the plane where he was able to see all things in their truly revealed state. And he fell into a place where he began to interpret things as they were to the eyes. So it's a fall. But when God brings you back to a higher level, you begin to understand that the reason why this person has been the executive director of this company for 15 years now is because there's something else behind the scene that makes him the one that is holding hostage the throne of the company. And so they now put you on a promotion track that you are about to become executive director and you feel that because you have come with your phone, your speaking, your accent, from God knows where you went to school, 
And because you've come with all of that, you feel you are going to be able to take that position. The person will show you that with their um, low-level secondary school certificates, that they will keep that seat and you'll be disgraced out of office. They will show you why. Because they understand that the seat is not really the chair and the table. But there is another throne that governs that office and they possessed it. So these things are very, very important as we speak about economies and as we speak about possessing gates. I hope we're together this morning. I hope we're together. If you're with me, encourage me, encourage me. Encourage me this morning. Praise God. So I said, um, grow, identify your abundance level. And, <clears throat> and the next thing is you have to grow your resources. And the last thing is you have to train yourself. Consistently train, educate, and empower yourself. P.I. But we are here for prayer meetings. You will pray. But you will pray right. After you have learned, you will then pray. So that when you go back into prayer, you will know what to ask God for. The Bible says concerning the children of Issachar, it says they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. So it is one thing to understand, to um, say, oh, you know, this was going to happen. But do you know what to do? So the reason why many of the times we pray and don't see results is because we are not educated. And that is one of the problems of Africa. And I tell you categorically, as holy as we are, and as much as we pray, and we hold on to consecration, only the standard God will not, the fire of God is fallen. Yet, so many poor people, because we have not taken the time to study, to say to ourselves, okay, yes, fire, grace, power, authority. But how does this fire translate into building a different economic model for our nation? How does this fire translate into transforming the educational system of our nation? How does this fire translate into remodeling the markets in the land? So how can the government provide housing for the poor? How can the government take care of health care in the land? So that no matter who you are, if you are sick or you have an accident, you go to a hospital, you are treated. How does the fire translate into that? Because the fire is meant to possess your mind and give you the ability to grow systems the way that God grows. So you cannot speak about possessing economic gates and possessing an economy and possessing the house of nations and the house of territories until you have first mastered how houses work. You're with me. So in the mastery of houses, you are looking at yourself and you're saying, am I fit to be a leader? The struggles you had five years ago, you still have it. Till now, you don't know how to talk to people. Till now, you don't know how to address difficult issues. And you are saying, we are possessing economic gains. In the next 30 years, you are going to be the leader of the great economy. Can you be the leader? Do you know the history of your land? Have you studied how transitions happen in nations? Are you able to discern the patterns of the times? These are the things that we qualify Joseph's because Joseph did not only say, a famine is coming. Joseph said, I'm going to also tell you how you can build what you should build, when you should build, so that as the famine hits, 
you are not left out in the wind. And because of his ability to know what to build, when the time came, he was able to help Pharaoh achieve dominion over all the other nations because they were well prepared. Are you with me? The spies from other nations that were in Egypt, when they saw them building silosis, why didn't they build silosis? Why didn't they go back and say, ah, we don't know what they are doing, no. but they are building this thing and ah, it's like something's about to happen, but we can't tell what it is. Why did I just say that? For some of you, you may not have the revelation to know what is coming. Or you may not have the spiritual gifting to know how to be. But the people that know and see, don't you think you should partner with them? Don't you think you should immerse yourself in everything they are releasing and saying? Don't you think you should get educated by them? Because there are some things that we are limited in understanding. But God has given the revelation in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, you cannot be a prideful man and think that you can possess anything greater than yourself. You cannot be a prideful person and think that God is going to commit the wealth of nations into your hands. You have to be able to understand that, yes, you may be the image, the picture of leadership, but God empowers you by the resources and the knowledge of other people that surround you. So you pull on it, you draw on it to gain understanding and revelation of what to do. So now, um, so I said in possessing the economy, number one, manage your resources and we've dealt with managing your resources. The second thing is that you must ask yourself, what am I producing? Because to be able to even engage in an economic system, you must have something that you are bringing to the table. So you cannot possess an economic gate if as at now today, you, have, you are not meaningfully contributing to any economy as it were. If, even the economy of your house, you are not contributing. So you are growing up in that house as a child and there is nothing you bring to the management of the home. All you do is consume. You wake up, you consume. You leave the house, you consume. You come back, you consume. You are 27 years old living with your parents and you have not come back home before and bought bread. You have not come back home before. This small time you managed to buy a pack of juice, you put it in your room and then you bring it up out a pack to drink. And you think God will commit nations into your hands? You think it's by intelligence and smartness? You are in that home your mother is still sweeping and cleaning and you are 22 years old and you have joined this prayer call thinking that what I will tell you is fast. No, go back and review your life. You are a woman and you are not contributing to the economy of your home. You are a work wife. You know, work wives, we don't do anything. You know, we have people that take care of everything. We don't, I don't, I don't even know the names of my children. You know, when I want to call a child, I call my steward who calls the child. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And you think that God is going to give you authority because there's a shift that is going to happen on the earth. And it's going to shift from those who have positions that they were not trained for. And God is going to start putting men 
that he has prepared in the darkness, men that he has prepared in the caves of Adolam, men that has run on the plains of Ziklag, men that, men that understand Hebron and understand the tribes of Israel, men that have paid the price. God is about to shift even the structure of the world and he's going to put people there who understand true governance, first by the spirit and then in the preparation of uh, as humans. So my question to you is if you have not started producing anything, even within the little economy of your home and your life, why would you think you can possess an economic gate? I hope you are still with me. Don't leave me yet. So you have to understand that you cannot be a man that does not provide for his household. The Bible says such a man is worse than an infidel. You need to get it. Scriptures does not say anything that the God behind the scripture does not mean. So don't ever look at a scripture and say, hey, I know it's Old Testament. There's no such thing as Old Testament. God is not old. Old is used to define a person that can be defined within the context of time. God cannot be defined within the context of time. Time receives his definition from the eternal person that God is. So God is not old. So there's nothing like Old Testament. It is yet the testament of God. It is the testimony of the way that God worked with men in different dispensations. And so you need to understand that within these dispensations is the ways of God, the protocols of his kingdom. All of these men became the oracles of God locked up in scriptures. So you cannot be a person that is not possessing the economy of his hope. You are not contributing to the life to the growth, to the multiplication, to the management of the home. There is something wrong with that. Something very wrong with that. And it is stealing authority from you in the realm of the spirit. So that every time you rise, you are not able to possess. So you rise, you come back. You rise, you come back. You are never able to enter dominion or dominance. Why? Because you have not learned to possess your personal economy. So what are you producing? What are you pouring into this world? What are you pouring into this generation? What will give me the right to say, Lord, give me seed for your people. Give me seed for my generation. Father, give my voice strength because I am pouring something. I have labored enough to make certain demands of the spirit. What have you labored for? When you stand at the gates, what gives you the audacity to command the gates? What are you producing? What will you push through the gates? Are you about to push only your damsel in distress story you have been saying all your life? I don't know. I just don't know what's going on with me. Nothing works here. You don't get it. You don't get it. I don't get it, actually. Because I'm a woman of war. I have been born by warfare. I have reached times when I felt like I had reached my end. And honestly, according to the script that hell had written, that should have been my end. But every time I hit the end, I entered into war. I warred and warred and warred until I broke the, the walls down. And I entered a new season by the Spirit. So I don't get it. If it's not working, it's only a sign that you have to grow. If it is failing, it's only a sign that you lack knowledge. So fight. So learn. So push. Now, why is this very, very important? 
Because you cannot be given entry into the gate if you have nothing to offer the realm that you are crossing over into. You will not, the gate will not open to you. So what are you offering currently? Oh, God is going to put us before kings and royals. God is going to put you before people of authority to say what? So when you stand before the person of authority, do you have the tongue of kings and the language of royalty? When you get there, the first thing you are saying is, Hi, God, can I see palace? And then the king says, Oh, what can I do for you? Ah, sir, please, if you can just help me with just a quick two million naira, I'll be very grateful, sir. You know, because um, actually now we're in the team, the issue now, the issue is, is that what you're going to be saying? So you want to break through this gate for gate for what purpose? Oh, we're going to possess the gate of wealth. What will you do with the wealth? Do you understand the purpose of money with the hand of a man? What are the plans you have? If I were to give you a billion naira now, what are the first things you would do? Will you just first buy a ticket and go to Mauritius to understand the billion naira and how you are going to possess it fully? So we have to be able to ask ourselves, what am I producing? What am I giving? What am I releasing? What is my contribution to my generation? Am I just only giving to my family, my children, my husband? Or am I giving to my nation? Yeah, yes, absolutely. You have to go by it like a workbook, Bukola. You are a wise woman. You know, am I giving to my nation? Am I giving to my generation? Am I giving to the systems of the earth? Am I giving to my nation? And sometimes when you evaluate your life and you find out you are not really producing anything, you have to then sit back and become strategic and identify, remember, your gift and your resources. And then look at the needs and the loopholes around you in the different sectors. And say, in the church, what can I produce and give to the church? In the nation, what can I give to my nation? Some of you should have a colon in your newspaper in your nation because you have something to say. Take a colon, a, a colon. How did they pronounce it? Not colon, not the colon. Column. But you know what I'm talking about. C-O-L-U-M-N. Take that in. And write. Because you have gone to school, you have five degrees. And all you do is speak proudly about your five degrees. But what should you be producing out of it? So take an area and say to the nation, this is what I'm giving. To the poor, this is what I'm giving. To the sick, this is what I'm giving. In the area of education, this is what I'm giving. You have all this knowledge of financial management. That's a book for children. You know what I'm taking? Say, write a book. Yes, get on, get on TV. Get on TV and do a segment. Do a segment. Let it be released every month. Pay for it with your money first. And tell yourself, this is what I'm giving. Create a course for university students. Go and deploy it to every final year student to give. Because until you are meaningfully contributing to the economy and the economia of nations and regions, you do not have the right to ask that you possess the gates. Even while Joseph was in prison, the Bible says he was yet interpreting dreams for the prisoners. 
So he, they will come to him and say, oh, he wasn't there saying, why is me? Leave me alone. I can't have dream. Look at how I got you. Oh, I was a dreamer. My brother sold me. Oh, I entered Potiphar's house. I said, I will not do bad. Oh, I'm in prison. He didn't spend his time declaring his woes. Even while he was in captivity, he was yet producing. And you then realize that the next level of his victory and promotion came from what he produced in the prison. So the next place you are going to be and the next authority and the next level of honor is going to come from what you are producing today. What are you giving back the economy that you want to possess? Are you still with me, guys? So you have to give back. And the next thing that I want to say to you is that you must have a distribution model because these are all arms of economies, of economy. Now, um, when I teach from Habakkuk 2, I say, it says, I will stand upon my watchtower that I may see what he will say to me and how I may respond. And I heard him say, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that they that see my wrong with it. Yea, the word, Though it tarries, it will not tarry, for the word is for an appointed time. And he began to speak. And I say to people, listen, you have to be able to understand how to distribute what you have. But you see, it comes first of all from inspiration. And that which you are inspired by, you have to translate it. So inspiration to translation, and then from translation to communication. You understand? And it is in the communication you begin to think about your distributor channels. Now, I want you to hear me. Right now in this room, I have a keyboard, a keyboardist, and I, he has a microphone. I have two cameras that are faced on, on my face. I have this light thingy that is like the sun that wants to blind my eye. There's a media guy that is sitting behind a TV that is on a stand. And there is another guy here that is for worship and he's going to be joining sometimes to play the keyboard. I have an entire economy that is set up in this room for what purpose? To be able to deliver to you at 5 a.m. in the morning. I need you to listen to me. I am not a fool. I am not waking up to set all these things up because I'm like, oh, man, I'm perishing God. Every single person has to be taken care of for being here. There are resources that are put into making this happen. The light is better. The cameras are better. Why? We are renting some cameras. Why is all of this happening? I have to look for effective distributory systems because I have the word of the Lord on my lips. But the word of the Lord will not be received if when somebody goes to YouTube, what they hear is scratching and the picture is blurred. There is, there's a manner of people that will not receive it. The reason why many of you are stuck and you are not yet meaningfully contributing is because you have not understood the distillation system of kings. You have to understand that there is a way in which you distill knowledge. You receive it as inspiration from the Holy Ghost. But you have to distill it into the language of men. And when you have translated it and you've distilled it, in, you've translated it in a way that men can understand, you then begin to ask yourself, what is my communication channels? So is it a book? Is it a teaching? Is it a course? Is it a YouTube segment? Is it you, you decide your communication? Then you begin to determine your distribution. 
The way you will distribute it to teenagers is not the way you will distribute it to old women at 96. The way you will distribute it to upwardly mobile working people that are 35, 45 is not the way you distribute it to a 65 year old. So you have to ask yourself, what are my distributory channels? Have I mastered it? Have I manned it? So when you then discover distribution, you have entered another level of possessing economy. So there are many people that sit down and they condemn other people. And it's filled in the church. People have mastered the art of condemnation that never leads to productivity. So that's why the person you are condemning, God is blessing them. Why? Action. They are not getting it right, but they are moving. They are making mistakes, but they are moving. They feel every now and then, but they are moving. Sometimes they have bad character, but they are moving. People have mastered the art and determining everything that the person does wrong. This one, I can see. I, I know. This is manipulation. Auntie, they are manipulating themselves into kingdom inheritance. What are you doing, sir? Are you with me? Because as the more they do, they fail and get up. What are they doing? They are mastering distribution. That's why I told you, you cannot miss the cost, the shift. Because at that cost, I will teach you well. If you think this is curriculum, wait for me till I enter classroom. I will teach you well how to move. Because many of us are stuck. And we have not entered into the office of mastery. And when you have mastered transition, I'm telling you, today you can be a pauper, tomorrow you can be a king. Today you can be cooking in your kitchen as a woman, tomorrow you are dining with, with first ladies and presidents, and you are holding concrete conversations. You never let yourself get deterred. Yes, you have the season of seeming failure, so what? You know how to convert failure into your next victory sound. You need to understand. So when I say I've, I've created a whole course called The Shift, Mastering Transitions, go and buy it and enter the class. Don't wait for me to come and teach it to you for free. Get into the classroom. Because guess what? I pay for what I do. I pay people to create. I will give the materials to them and I'll say, this is too raw. It cannot be distributed like this. Recraft it for me. Put pictures, put models. Now let us develop it into a course. Because I understand distribution. I cannot take this one now and go and give certain CEOs. They will not understand the language I'm speaking. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say to you. So a man that possesses economies is a man, first of all, that manages his resources. I have taught you all the management models under your resources, uh, uh, under managing your resources. And then a man that understands production, then you have to understand distribution. You get what I'm talking about? You have to understand distribution. And you see distribution are not just regular channels. Sometimes people can be the biggest distributory model that you have. There are some people that when they enter your life, hear me, the people that will not listen to you before will listen to you because of them. The people that will reject you before, they will not reject you because of them. You, can, you have to understand what I'm talking about. You see, because there are certain people that by reason of the possession that they have possessed, they become distributory channels in themselves. So that when you have such a person in your life, it will hasten the journey of your progression by 10 years. And you do not 
get to those people by manipulation. You have to understand what I'm talking about. So many people feel they can manipulate them with themselves into destiny relationships. It doesn't happen. For people who are wise and smart, they are able to tell. When a person carries weight, even though it does not yet appear in the form that can be received. And weight is not gift only. Weight is character. Weight is loyalty. Weight is patience. Weight is love. Weight is moderation. Weight is faithfulness. People can tell when a person carries it. You know why they can tell? Because they've mastered it. They have to become it first to get to where they are. So hear me, so that you are wise in your going forward. Don't spend your time. You know, sometimes I say to people, when they'll say, ah, this person here, we used to keep a relationship. I say, what did, what did, what did consign me? When, when I meet a person, I understand what you are in my life for. So I don't focus on the minors. Okay, maybe you have a bad habit on the way you eat cake. So I'm not saying, I don't know, just the way she eats cakes or the way he eats, I don't, I don't think we can have a relationship. What's my business? So here is Joseph standing in front of Pharaoh and we'll be saying, this Pharaoh's haircut is not the way he cuts his hair. I don't want people that cut hair like this. I can't associate with them. Joseph, be wise. What are you standing in front of Pharaoh for? What is Pharaoh's strongest production that you need to become your next effective distribution? Focus on the focus. Jesus is coming soon. Keep your eyes forward so that you don't miss the big picture that the Lord has set in front of you. You get what I'm talking about? Um, and then the last thing that I want to say to you in terms of possessing the economy, because we're still in the introduction of possessing economic gates. We haven't entered the meat of the material. So this is introduction. This is actually the first paragraph, the first two paragraphs of a 10-page document. That's why I said I feel like this whole month is going to be for possessing economic gifts so that by the time we end this month, the testimonies that will be coming in by the end of October, beginning of November, will be mind-blowing. The kind of testimonies I'll be hearing, it will make me shiver. And the kind of testimonies you'll be seeing from my own life too will make you shiver. Because we do not teach the word of the Lord without a manifestation of the word. So these are not empty teachings. These are the power to produce that I'm releasing. Now, the last thing that you have to understand in terms of possessing economic, when I say the last thing, I mean the last thing within the first chapter of the teaching is that what are you consuming? Your consumption. Please don't ever consume more than you give if you think you are going to possess an economy. The people that are honored the most are the greatest contributors to the ecosystem. Do not consume more than you give and do not give without consuming. Why am I saying this? It's because God is calling us into an understanding of how things works. That's what these classes are about. The understanding of how things work. Kingdom culture is what I'm distilling into your spirit. So that when you go out daily and you are engaging with people, what is the economy between you and the next person you are dealing with? The ecosystem that's so That's why I'm very afraid of relationships that don't want context. So, okay, what are we? What is this? Why is this? Where is this going? 
You want to call me and keep me on the phone for one hour every day without context. How does that make sense to the ecosystem of my life? How does that even make sense to the ecosystem of destiny? What is this about? What is this for? Because every human being has got limited time to write the exam that God gives to them, to submit their sheet. Because we don't have as much time as we think we do. So you are spending time pouring into relationships that play no role within the context of your destiny. It is dangerous. Now you may say to yourself, but Pierre, you never know what anybody will bring to the table. I agree fully. Fully agree with you. That is why I'm not asking you to be a snob. I'm not asking you to be a person that dismisses others. I'm just saying, have context. Because context will help you determine your distributor resource, resources effectively. There must be context. If it is for the purpose of friendship, what kind of friendship is it? Who are we in, in this friendship? Is it a friendship where you are only taking from me? And you are not pouring wisdom, pouring strength, pouring gifts and resources into my life, pouring instruction. If it's only me giving, then why do you want me to spend my whole time giving you? I can just tell me what you want and I give it to you. And then let's know that's what we have. But if it is a symbiotic relationship, then let it be symbiotic with future and destiny in mind. If it is a mentee-mentor relationship, then please, can I be the mentor? Don't try to mentor, mentor me in how to mentor you so that you may, we mentor our life. I don't, uh, do you get what I'm saying? So can, 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 we, can we shorten the time and redeem the time by heeding quickly to instructions and growing feedback system and, continue, and continuing the journey? These things are very important because the question is, what are you consuming? The consumers can never be the ones that are giving the gates. Never. You have to be a person that understands that your life is a resource that was given to the earth from heaven. And you have to know how to deploy the resource of your life. From time to time, you have to take, you have to consume, but always tell yourself, that I will be a bigger giver than I am a bigger consumer. Because giving gives you honor in the spirit. Consuming simply reveals to people your area of need and weakness. Consuming reveals your area of need and weakness. So you have to be able to acknowledge that, yes, I have needs, but what I am giving is much more than that. Do not allow Satan trick you into the foolishness of selfishness. So some people have become unwise and they have fallen on the ladder of authority because somehow Satan has tricked them through painful experiences into saying to them, no, you know, please, you have to, this life, you have to hold your own. You see what I'm doing my hand is a sign. I don't know what how to explain. Selfishness, stinginess, foolishness, uh, arrogance, pride, fear, everything's encapsulated in this thing I'm doing. And Satan will trick you and tell you that ah, that's the way. Don't even let anybody, don't let anybody. You just have to, and then you realize that the moment you start doing that, your world gets smaller. 
your heart gets smaller. Your grace gets smaller. Your capacity gets smaller because you are taking and keeping and you are no longer a wide open space. The channels of heaven that were meant to pass through you are now being diverted to somebody else. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That these words that I'm speaking to you will not fall on deaf ears. That the ears of your heart will hear. And the ears of your spirit will receive. I pray that God will enlighten your understanding. And the Lord will give you the capacity to embrace the new day. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus. That by the time this season of October is over. That you will be fully developed into a man and a woman of wisdom. That has the, the capacity to possess the gates of economies and to be given the authorization from heaven to rule over sectors. I pray that God, as He takes you through the season of training, will also back it up with revelation as you go through your day. That you may know that these words we speak are words of truth and they may release life unto you. I declare that your destiny will no longer be small. I declare that your portion will no longer be reduced. I declare that your allocation will not be stolen from you in the name of Jesus. Even as you step into the pool of wisdom and revelation, I declare unto you that in the name of Jesus, that God will bless you with strength, with capacity, with ability, with grace, so that you may be able to stand in your possession in the name of the Lord Jesus. Even as God has given his word, none of us will fall off the radar of the word, but every one of us will enter the fullness of this word in the name of our Lord Jesus. I want you to lift your hand wherever you are. And I want you to say, God, help me. I want you to just say, God, help me. God, help me. There's so much for me to do. So much for me to be. So much for me to achieve. Sometimes I feel like I'm lagging behind, but Lord, help me. God, bring acceleration to my life. Acceleration of wisdom. Acceleration of understanding. God, give me grace. Lord, help me. Do not let the weight of your words break me, but let them empower me. And God, give me the capacity to become the man that you will choose as a gatekeeper in this season. And so I pray for your heart and I pray for courage. I see a woman actually sitting at the edge of her bed and her hands raised as she's crying. And she says, God help me. And she's crying because she realizes how much she has wasted and how much time has gone. But I hear the spirit of God saying to say to you, Time and chance are in my hands. And I have the ability to cause you to redeem lost days. And the Lord says, if you will partner with me on the level of revelation, I will lead you steadily and I will cause you to recover all that you have lost. For this is a season of redemption and a season of restoration. God is your help. The Lord is your helper. Come on, just pray and worship the Lord for the next two minutes. Worship the Lord.
Can you hear me now? I can't hear Victor either. Okay. So I was simply praying that indeed that that song will come to pass in our lives where 
our entire lives will be embedded in God and God embedded in us. And we become one home by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this one home, the economy of heaven is made revealed to the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So as we go, um, I want to say to you, amen. Thank you for your prayer, Waye. Amen. And everyone that has prayed for me, amen. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, I am determined for you to grow, to move, to shift, to enter into the fullness that God has for you. And so that none of us will be left behind. By the time this, I, I'm saying it, by the time this October is over, you have to have broken into something ridiculously powerful. And you will dare to do the things you have not done. The jobs you could not apply for before you apply. The proposals you could not submit, you will submit. The things, you will buy land. You will make some strange phone calls this October because this is the season. And that's why I am taking my time to pour into you. And the word of God does not disappoint. At least one person here will break in. The word of God does not disappoint. That's why I'm pouring in. Uh, so when we come back in the evening, let me just tell you what to expect. We are going to look at um, the, the gates that you must possess before you can possess economies. You understand? So um, there are seven gates to possess. The spiritual gates, um, the gate of priesthood. Um, in fact, under that gate of priesthood, I'm going to do um, a vast teaching on the 14 steps to Aaron's backsliding. And you know, you're going to understand at what point you begin to lose the capacity to be trusted with economies, you know, and then we're going to also look at the economy of Baal, you know, and the priesthood of Jezebel and how this intertwines with the economies of nations and spaces. Uh, we're going to look at possessing the gate of leadership, the gate of trade, um, and the gates within you. You understand? So we're going to look at all of that. We're going to look at possessing the people gates also. Um, people gates. We're going to look at the different people at your gates, at the gates of economy, and how you can engage with them. I know somebody's listening to me and say, uh, Pia, I really believe she will teach all this tonight. But at least let us start. Eh? Let us begin. Have faith in me. We'll, we'll start and then we'll see how the Lord leads us. All right. I, I know it goes without saying, but I need you to know. I love you guys very much. And my heart really, truly um, pours itself out for you and for my generation. And every morning when I get up, I, I get up just thinking about the people who, if I don't show up on the call, somebody who is going to be disappointed, somebody who should have received the word of the Lord, somebody who I could have been a river flowing into their life. So when I think about it, I just I push myself up and I get up. You know, I make the sacrifices, you know, um, because I actually love you. And um, and I, I want you to know this. And I pray for everyone. Beyond the calls we're praying here, I take my time to pray. I don't know everybody on the call, but I'm just like, Father, bless these people. And I count it a privilege that God will give me the opportunity to stand as a minister over your life for certain seasons. So God bless you. God bless you. And go into your day with confidence knowing that God is with you and the God of access is your God. And when a door is shut to you, just step back for one minute and remember, take two minutes to remember the things we have said and the things we have taught. Do not be like a man that looks at the mirror 
and where he turns around, forgets the image that he saw in the mirror. So keep his words close to your heart. Plug your earpiece and listen to these words of life again and again and again so that it becomes an image on the inside of you that you cannot forget. If you haven't registered for access, I think there are four or five spaces left. I'm not sure now. Sorry, shift. Gosh, shift. Um, register for the shift. Um, I start preparing yourself. You start getting emails. You start getting materials. You start getting access to some resources that you can start reading and watching before um, next week. Um, so remember, it's going to be a time of thorough teaching and empowerment. So get ready for that as I look forward to being with you all um, again. And I'll see you later tonight. Remember, you are fasting. Remember, you are fasting um, this period. So make sure you fast. Choose how you are fasting. If you're doing a food fast, do a food fast. If you are doing um, so 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 12 o'clock, try to push the boundaries. If you're on medication, please don't fast. Um, take your medicines. If it's the kind of medicine you take at 12, so fast till 12 and eat and take your medicine. If you are treating a medical condition, push as much as you can, but don't push past what your body can carry, but trust God for healing even as you are fasting, because healing is available to us, okay? Um, there is Deborah School of Influence in Kenya. Um, I think from the, okay, so I'm mixing these nations up. There is Deborah School of Influence in the UK that is coming up. Is, can somebody tell me the date? date? I think is the third Sunday in, uh, is the third Jesus Saturday? So what's that date? I can't see. 21st of October. Yes. We have the Deborah School of Influence in the UK. It is free. Um, it is um, the, the team in the UK is managing this and they are making this available to you. It's an all-day training and I'm going to be with you all day. You're uh, getting trained. So if you're here, you're in the UK, I want you to register. Please, can you give them a link to register for Deborah School of Influence UK? And, you know, get a friend to register, get people to register. Now, Deborah School of Influence is not for women only. It's for women and men. So get in there and let's talk about um, influence and talk about the power to build and talk about managing and stewarding the image so that we may arrive at authority, power and dominance. There are so many things we're going to teach in that curriculum. So you can't miss it if you're in the UK. And then there is Deborah School of U Influence in Kenya also that is coming up in Kenya. Um, I think it is from the 8th to the 11th. Um, there are different people that will be there. I'll be there. I'll be teaching. Prophet Adam will be teaching. Uh, Dr. Pelkupe will be teaching. Pastor Bumi George will be teaching. Reverend Harriet will be teaching. There are a lot of facilitators. It's going to be power-packed. So you want to make sure you get into the Deborah School of Influence in Kenya. That is not free because we're going to a retreat center, a retreat venue, and we'll be there for four days. So take those days off from the 8th to the 11th and trust God. So make sure you do that now. You register now. Um, can I get links to these things I'm announcing so that people can register? And I want you to know that we are going to be in, in Uganda. Uganda, the mantle of Deborah, Uganda is on the 4th of November. So I want you to get ready. This morning I woke up at 4 a.m. because I needed to be on a call. Um, towards planning towards the mantle of Deborah Uganda. So there's so much that's going on in this season, but there's more, there's grace and sufficiency for us to do all of that. 
And there's room for you to partner with people of influence network. You can give to the ministry, give to preparing, give to people of influence. If you want to give to me, contact Pastor Stephanie. She will tell you how you can be a blessing in every way and every form. So God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you later tonight. Pastor Stephanie, don't make me your announcement officer. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. But I think I did a pretty good job, right? Yeah, I did a good job. So it's not bad at the end of the day. All right. God bless you guys. Big, big Leon. I love that. I should teach Judah that. I love you, Big Leon. So before we go, let me give people one quick gist. So that's how yesterday. So Judah, what happens is maybe a Judah is like, oh, mommy, I, I don't like reading. I say we like reading in Jesus' name. Or he says, mommy, I, I, I don't like, I don't like to greet. I say you like to greet in the name of Jesus. So before anything he says, I'm like, hey, you will. So yesterday we're in the kitchen and the nanny is preparing his food. And so I told the nanny, I'm like, ah. Why are you putting so much more inside his food? There is beef, there is this, there is that, there is that. Put other things in the food for him. And so she's like, ah, no, madam, if we give him, you know, uh, this, he's just going to chew it and spit it out. You know, he does it. And before she could finish explaining to me, he said, I'm spitting out Jesus. I said, Serious on his face is the way which I'm serious when I tell you. He said, I will not spit it out in Jesus' name. I said, Amen. I agree with you, Judah. I said, Nanny, don't be saying things like that about my personality confession that he will truly meet and spit it out. See, it is not, it's not a word for only for more. So I'm saying this to you so that to encourage you, you know, the things you say to your children and the way you address their weaknesses, you are teaching them. How to address it when you are not there. If when they show weakness, what you do is, what kind of rubbish is it? You don't have any sense. No, no, no. When, they, when you are not there and they see a weakness, they start condemning themselves because that's how they were taught to address weaknesses. But if you teach them by modeling something different and you say to them, no, 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 you are better than this in the name of Jesus, or you have the capacity to understand, that's exactly what they will say to themselves when you are not there. Do you understand? So you are the very first voice of definition in the lives of your children. Do not forget that. You are the first voice of definition in your children's lives. God bless you. Once again, goodbye, Kachi, off this thing so that I can go. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.